Welcome back to the Grace Women's Podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kristen. And today we have a very special guest joining us, Rachel Jackson. Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Hi. Okay. I'm glad to do that. Uh, Let's see. I live in Ashland, which is pretty normal. Um, (laughs) It's snowing outside this morning. (laughs) No, I live in Ashland. I'm married to uh, I'm married to Dan Jackson. I like to make sure that I get to spend time with my grandkids, my kids. There's certainly a lot of people that I know here in Ashland that are just lots of fun to hang out with. Um, in fact, I get to hang out with Sarah and her two girls once a month with the work that I do with uh, Spark Ohio, helping kids get ready for kindergarten. Um, love to have people in our home. Love to see people having fun. And uh, just doing lots of good things like that. So it's good to be here. So Rachel, we all know and love you as someone who really invests in your relationships with people and just spends time investing in others. So can you talk a little bit about why it's important to invest in others and also how are some ways that you can do that? Ah, okay. Well, I would say, first of all, the reason that maybe I do that is because people invested in me. There were certainly a number of um, women, friends, um, older people that were older than me that, that, uh, that invested in me. And so, and in our family and in our children, I know that we've lived in lots of different places. And so almost everywhere we've gone, it's like God provided grandparents for our kids, not that they took the place of their grandparents, but certainly um, kind of stood in the gap there and filled a need for us. We've had uh, friends that do the same thing. And uh, just probably the first reason is because there have been those who have loved and invested in us. And so I really think it's great to be able to turn around and do that now for someone else. Some of the ways are just, uh, I think, I think for me, it's been really good that my parents were really good at just helping us realize that church family was a lot like family family. And so you just invest in them like you invest in your own family. And it's not even actually always something that you plan or that you uh, put in your calendar, but it just kind of happens along the way. You're like, I don't know, you run into them, you uh, hang out together. Uh, just kind of some of that stuff. Last week, um, Dan, your husband wrote a blog post and it was a really good blog post. But one of my favorite things that he said um, was we are at our best when we're investing in the next generations and Mm -hmm. nations, making Mm -hmm. disciples of the next generations and the nations. And I see that you two live that out and it's so fun to watch. And it's such a good example to those of us who are younger And it makes me want to invest in the next generation and in the nations. And um, yeah, so why are those two specific categories important things for you all as you're looking at discipling? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly investing in the next generations coming up. And some of those generations are a generation away from us now. We're kind of looking back at generations that are not just the ones just under us, but even under that. And uh, certainly, you know, the bottom line for me is I just love being with them. I just love it. It's just, it's just, uh, 
does exactly what I want to do when I'm with them. But I think too, also, it's just uh, knowing that there's a need there. I remember, you know, needing to be told, I remember I made crunchy gravy the first time I tried to make gravy for my husband and I knew it wasn't supposed to be crunchy. There was something wrong. So to just have somebody that I could call somebody that I could talk to and say, what am I doing wrong? And maybe I shouldn't have thrown the spoon across the kitchen because I was so mad. (laughs) But I mean, even just uh, looking back and seeing where they are and even observing what some of their hurts are, what some of their, um, I don't know, the dreams that they have that maybe don't look very reachable. There's just some distance between us and them that you can say, you know, you can just give them a little bit of hope, encourage them, help them to see that uh, even if it doesn't look right now, like you would like it to look, certainly God is there and he cares and he's, he's got a plan and it's going to happen. So I think those things, and then I think you mentioned uh, people who are from other nations. Um, and uh, we certainly kind of, we, <laughs> again, I don't know that it was um, necessarily uh, always, a, always from out of a pure heart, but um, we moved here about six years ago. And the first house that we moved into just didn't ever feel like home to me. I don't know why, but So we ended up looking around for a different house. And then we started to see how close the one that we live in now is in proximity to Ashton University. And we knew there'd be a lot of, we knew there were a lot of um, international students there. And we've always loved reaching out to internationals. Again, mostly because we were internationals in another country for nine years. And um, I remember even way back then saying, if I can ever help somebody in my own culture or with my own language, because um, I know what it's like to be somewhere where you're struggling to even communicate, you know, like, I don't know how to go to the doctor or how to get groceries or various things like that. Just being able to help someone else um, in a way that isn't condescending or isn't disgusted that you're here, um, but glad to see you, glad to meet you, encouraging like that. And you do such a good job at that. I've always admired you for that. Um, I don't know if you're, you could tell this story. I love this story of when you were on our way to our house for that spark meeting. That was such a cool, you'll have to tell that story. Cause I think it's such a cool thing because even in, you know, I, I just think even in our uncomfortableness or whatever that you, you know, it gives us, you know, if we trust God in some of these things, anyway, tell the story and then we can talk. <laughs> Ah, well, yeah, that's an interesting thing. That morning, this was, you know, in the middle of COVID. And that morning in my in my Bible reading, I'd read about, you know, welcoming the sojourner and uh, the foreigner and even the alien talks about the alien. I don't think that's referring to the movie, but um, the person who's maybe in your country from another country. Um, And I remember just kind of saying, I don't even know where they are in Ashland. I don't know how to find them. I don't know where they are. AU is closed down. There's no international students there. I have no idea where they are. I don't think there's any international people, even anywhere in Ashland. Uh, So I, you know, I I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I later on had an appointment to come to your house to do a spark visit. And I was driving right past the campus. And as I pulled up to a stoplight, a lady walked right in front of my car and clearly the way she was dressed, I could tell she wasn't from this country. And so right away I thought, 
there is one right there. I can't believe I prayed that this morning and now God has brought somebody right in front of my car. But I thought, what do I do now? Do I honk at her? No, that didn't quite seem like the right thing to do. Do I roll down my window and yell at her? No, that didn't seem like the right thing to do. Nor did I really want to do that. But I saw the direction she was going as she crossed the street. So I drove ahead of her. I pulled in a parking lot and I thought, this is ridiculous. I should not be doing this. This is going to look like I'm stalking her. But I remember saying, Lord, I'll say, I'll get out of my car. I'll say hi one time. And if she just keeps moving, then I'll just get back in my car and I won't do anything else. So I got out of my car and I said, good morning. Hello. And she kind of looked at me like, are you talking to me? So uh, she did answer me and we did talk. And I found out that she is from uh, Yemen which is just pretty amazing. Um, so we got to talk a little bit. I got her number. We've had some contact back and forth since then. So yeah, I don't do that every day. That was a one-time thing, but boy, I'm, I'm really glad that the Lord, it was kind of for me a way that he said, see, I, I do know what I'm doing and I do have people in all kinds of places and they're there. You just have to open your eyes and see them. Yeah, that's such a cool story. I just think, Cause there's been times where I felt like, you know, you kind of feel like, okay, am I supposed to do this? Like, am I supposed to say something? And, you know, and just investing in other people being intentional, but maybe God just, you know, I, I think of a time where <laughs> Jeff and I were in line at a Walmart, it was at Christmas time. And I literally felt God, I mean, I'm not audibly, but literally felt like God said, you need to pay for this lady's groceries. And I was like, <sighs> Nah, (laughs) because I looked at her and it was not, I don't even know how to say it. It was just literally, I just was like, no, God, I don't think so. (laughs) But I, and, and I, again, it wasn't audible, but it was like, her card will be declined and I want you to pay for her groceries. That's what it was. And I was like, okay. And sure as the world, the girl looked at this lady and she says, I'm sorry, but this isn't working. Like your card's not working. And I looked at Jeff and I was like, we need to pay for her groceries. (laughs) (laughs) It was so like, it was not in a good heart, but I, we need, and we did. And it was one of those things like she was buying all kinds of junk food. And, and it was like, you know, in my heart, I'm like this, I would love to buy you something not like, you know, it was, it was so bad, but I knew God wanted me to do it and it was uncomfortable, but, you know, just stepping out of your comfort zone and loving somebody. And of course, like that was not in a good heart. (laughs) It was not in a good heart, but I knew God wanted me to do it. So we did it. And, and, um, you know, and Jeff is so much better at it than I am. So he's like, you know, God just, you know, God loves you. And, you know, he's like, but like, that's, that's investing in other people. And just like, you know, you don't know. And she didn't even say thank you. (laughs) It was more like, she just kind of, she was in one of those little like cart things. And she just kind of looked at us funny and like, kind of like wheeled her way away, (laughs) buzzed away in her little cart. And I was like, okay, God, obviously you wanted us to do something, but, but that's, what's cool. Like, And even in that sense, Rachel, if you had gone in there and you tried to talk to that lady and she just kind of gets you a weird look and maybe she didn't even speak English, but I think it's so cool that you have been intentional in so many different aspects of life, 
like the spark program, you can love on kids that way. And that is, you know, and there's kids that I'm sure you come up against that aren't from good Christian homes and you can show them Jesus and you find, you know, in the pure joy, the pure joy program that you're involved in, you're loving on kids that way. And I just think it it's you, you do such a good job at that. You're so intentional at that, but it comes so natural to you too, which I think is so cool because obviously for me, it's not as natural as I would hope it would be, but I think that's what's really cool. And that's why we wanted you to come on to talk about this because you just do it and you trust God and you go, okay, God, this isn't comfortable, but here I am. (laughs) And I think that's, I really appreciate that about you. Yeah. And that's so, I'm so glad that you talked about, about, you've both kind of talked about, uh, not necessarily wanting to do things, uh, in your heart (laughs) and doing them anyway. And, um, being faithful, even when you don't want to. And I think that that's such a good lesson for everybody and, um, a good reminder for me, um, Dana Sinchok, I've heard her say a lot uh, that something that was told to her and Tim when they were young believers is that faith is not a feeling. And so I just think that's a really good point to make. And I think when it comes to investing, you kind of have to have that approach because you certainly do not always feel like it. I think in our last episode, we talked about relationships or two episodes ago, something like that. And Sarah and I even talked about how it's kind of like in marriage, love is a choice. You don't always feel it. It's kind of the same way with faith and with God is you don't always feel it. So sometimes you just have to be faithful and, and trust that God knows exactly what he's doing. And I think there's a lot of fear in people to invest both in the next generation and in the nations. And so I'd love to hear more about what you would say to people who maybe feel like that, Rachel. Um, and, and you can touch on both, but I think even specifically, I have a vested interest in the next generation as someone who works with a lot of uh, young people in the generation, even below myself. This is something I hear a lot is that people are either intimidated or, you know, it might feel like they're just not even interested in investing in the next generation. And so I'd love to just hear from you what you would say to someone who maybe doesn't know how or feels uncomfortable or, uh, you know, whatever that may be when it comes to the next generation. Yeah, I was going to say earlier as well, I think what happens is we get to the place where we think I'd really like to do something. I'd like to invest. I'd like to reach out. I'd like to make contact. I'd like to invite somebody or, or uh, hang out with somebody. But we think, well, wait a minute. Let's really be honest about this. I don't really want them to come to my house because then I'd have to clean my house. I don't really want to have them in for a meal because then I'd have to cook or I'd have to, I, I'm afraid they wouldn't like, I mean, we just come up with all kinds of excuses for not, for not just reaching out. And I think, I think a really important first place is just to realize I have what I have and I give what I have. And it's actually important to just do it the way you would do it. You be you. Um, I know for me, I used to think, oh, I got to have, if I have like, like we host or we host the Monday night young women here. And I'm sure they've been surprised at how dusty my house is and how 
you know, there are stacks here and there. And I usually, they usually come in and I say, there's drinks in the fridge. Go ahead, help yourself, get whatever you want. If you see something else you want to eat, grab that. I just think bringing it to the level that is comfortable for you is really important right off the bat. I know when I've been in places, I remember being in Cambodia and uh, we're with people eating and I realized, okay, you don't even really have to have silverware <laughs> because, uh, you know, they didn't have silverware. So we shared some of the silverware between us in order to, in order to eat a meal together. And I thought, boy, I guess I don't have to have my dining room chairs match each other in order to have people in my home. I guess I don't have to have everything as perfect as I, as I in my head think it needs to be before I can actually even begin. And I think people are actually probably more comfortable when you are being comfortable in your own home or in your own space. Or if you're saying, you know, let's just meet up and grab some coffee or let's, you know, whatever. I think those are just important places to get over, important things to get over, to realize we'll just do this the way we do it. Um, so I think that's the first place to start. And then I had a friend who was in high school who was very shy. And he used to say, um, I can't think of anything to say in a moment. Like, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to say. I'm kind of introverted. And so he always wrote out questions and put them in his back pocket. And that way, and I don't even know that he ever really pulled them out of his back pocket, but he had written them down. So he knew that they were there. So he, he would uh, make sure that he would remember those questions. And just if it seemed like a lull in the conversation, he would ask what he thought was an important question because he'd written it down beforehand. So, I mean, even if, even if you're not sure, I just try to put myself in the other person's place and say, what, what are they maybe going through right now? And if I don't know, just ask. People are pretty willing to answer your questions, pretty willing to bring you in, I mean, on some level. And then as you do that with people, they are more and more comfortable. Rachel, um, I was laughing because I'm a part of your Monday night group and I have never seen dust at your house. <laughs> But um, I think that there's something so cool about that group. First of all, you let a bunch of 20-year-olds come to your house. And right now we're talking about, and we're all single, and we're talking about sex on Monday nights. <laughs> and it's just so fun. And um, just the ability that your, your place is a safe place to be real. And I really enjoy sitting with you. And I think um, as I've been sitting here, I've been thinking about all the women who have looked at me as a 20, early 20s at Grace Church and not been afraid of me and just said, you know what, like, I'm going to take the time to get to know her and invest in her. And I was thinking about, um, on, I used to go to a Wednesday night class a few years ago that actually Dan was leading and um, we all shared our stories and there were so many different generations sitting at one table. And there was a lady named Karen who um, is probably old enough to be my grandmother sitting beside me. And she listened to my story and got my phone number. And after that class, a few weeks later, she said, hey, Kristen, um, I would like to have you over for dinner. So I said, okay. And that started like almost a year and a half of once a month, me going to Karen's house for dinner. And she just prayed over me and led different Bible studies. And that was at a season in my life where I was really new to working in the church. And those who, all four of us have been involved in the church for a season. And sometimes it feels like people want 
more answers out of us than they want to invest in us. And that's not like the full rule, but just to have this woman who is just a lady in the church reach out and invest and pray for me. Um, and it wasn't anything fancy and she didn't have, and that's the thing, like you guys answer the questions, is Jesus enough with yes. And that's what we really need. We really just need to be loved, prayed for, and told that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think too, sometimes just asking questions and praying with someone is exactly what they need. They don't, they don't, I don't usually try to answer questions unless I'm asked one. Yeah. And I think something that I really appreciate, and this is my last thing. And then if anyone else has anything they want to ask, uh, if not, we'll close, but um, I really appreciate that. I've noticed as we sit here and talk and ask you questions about investing in the next generation, you kind of just talk about it. Like you just say, you know, people, you know, whatever. And you talk about it like you would talk about investing in anyone. And it's not something so different. And so, you know, there's no secret to investing in the next generation. It's just investing in people who happen to be in the next generation. And so uh, I think that's just something that I appreciate about you. And I know we've had this conversation before is just that whole idea of investing in people that are younger than you is really no different than investing in people that are older than you or the same age as you. They have the same issues that we do. They have the same fears and worries, and maybe they are lived out differently, but uh, ultimately they're just people. And so uh, I, I just thank you for talking about the next generation, just like we're just people. And, uh, you know, there's not some big scary secret to it. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick though, too. I think that I appreciate that too. And that's always a good reminder because I'm in like, I'm in like that weird tweener. Like I'm not the, like, I, I mean, I'm raising little, little ones. So I, my idea of raising the next generation is like, you know, five and seven while we're watching cartoons, like and talking about Jesus. But, um, I think that's always a good reminder because I think, and, and, you know, in my conversations with people, I think because the, you guys in the, you know, in their teens and twenties are dealing with things that are so different even now than what I dealt with, you know, I, I think it can be intimidating to know, like, I don't even know how to deal with whatever, blah, 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 you know? And I think that's, what's hard, but I think what we've kind of all have said, but you know, it's more like it's, we just need to listen, you know, because like Shannon said, it's the same issues just looks a little different, but it's all the same issues. And I think that's a good reminder for anybody who might be intimidated about talking to somebody or investing in somebody. And you just need to sit and listen and see what they're, you know, what the, you know, like, I love, I love Rachel when you said, you know, you don't, you don't, I forget what, how you said it, but like, unless you're asked a question, you don't like offer a bunch of answers. It's just, you're here to listen. And I, and I think that's always, that's always a good reminder. I think to put in a position where we feel like I must have some huge amount of wisdom to bestow on this person because I am 20 years older than them, or I am in a position where they're coming to me. And I think that's really not not going to be very helpful in the moment. I think sometimes the best thing to say is, 
I, you know, I don't have that figured out yet either. That's still something that I'm asking God to work in my heart. That's still something that I'm trusting Jesus for. Sometimes I think, oh, I wish I could give you some magic equation that's going to take you into your next uh, next decade of life with complete ease and uh, comfort or whatever. But goodness, we all have those areas of our life all through our lives where we have uh, some struggles, concerns, all those things. So sometimes I know when I'm talking to a person who's in a different generation than me, older than me, I actually am comforted by the fact that they say, yeah, I'm still, I'm still working on that too. I'm still trusting Jesus in that area too. That's still something that comes up for me too. And it just kind of levels the playing ground a little bit and makes us all realize, you know, not only um, are we in this together, but Jesus isn't done. And I guess when he is, then we'll go to heaven. So we're not in heaven yet. So he's still working with us. Thanks so much, Rachel. And is there anything else you would like to say before we close it out today? Boy, I'm so grateful to be here. Glad I could be here. I don't really think there's anything, you know, like uh, special or magical about anything other than just look around and see who's there. And I just think if, if, if you are looking at a younger generation and feeling like, oh, they don't want to hear anything I have to say, you're probably wrong. You're probably making the wrong assumption. And they're probably just feeling awkward, just like you're feeling awkward. And just break the ice. Don't be afraid to break the ice. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for investing in everybody, all nations, <laughs> all generations, everybody you know, you invest. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here and taking the time to talk to us. We hope this conversation was helpful and we hope you really uh, think about these things and take something helpful away from it. If you do, let us know and we'll see you next time on the Grace Women's Podcast.